Hello and welcome to Fatima Today. This show is produced by the World Apostle of Fatima USA, Our Lady's Blue Army, and brings topics to you, our viewers, related to the events in the world today. We live in tumultuous times when logic seems to have disappeared and uncertainty hangs over us. Our hope on these programs is to address the issues of the day and find solutions through adherence to the laws of God, especially through the message of Fatima. We ask that you subscribe to this podcast. Welcome to Fatima Today. I'm your host, Barb Ernster. I'm the National Coordinator for the World Apostle of Fatima. I'm joined by my co-host, Catherine Moran, and I call her Katie. Katie is here. She she contributes a lot to the World Apostle of Fatima media, and her and I do a radio show as well. So we're going to be delving into the Fatima message and into the spirituality of the three children so we can learn better how to take this message of Our Lady into our hearts. Welcome, Katie. Oh, thank you for having me back again. Let's start with a Hail Mary. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, we just passed Ash Wednesday, so I hope many of us are spiritually prepared for the 40 days ahead of us during Lent and entering into the Easter season. We want to talk today about Venerable Sister Lucia, the oldest of the three Fatima children who lived to be 97 years old and died in 2005, and she left, left us with a treasure trove of spirituality through her writings and her books that we can follow and learn more how to take Mary into our heart and grow in holiness. We want to talk about the many things that she teaches us about um, overcoming our sins, how we're called to forgive others, seeking an intimate union with God, all these things that Sister Lucia teaches so well. So I want to start with a quote from her. Lucia reminds us, our love must be self-sacrificing. To begin with, we must avoid whatever might cause us to sin grievously against God or our neighbor. In other words, we must not disobey God's law in any grave matter. Then we must also deny ourselves anything that might cause us to offend God as our neighbor in less serious matters. In other words, by venial sin. The kingdom of heaven is won by those who deny themselves, doing battle with themselves to conquer their evil inclinations, the temptations of the world, in order to keep strictly to the path of justice, truth, and love. I love, Katie, how Sister Lucia reminds us that we are in a battle. We're not going to get into the kingdom of heaven without putting up a fight. Yeah, that's a good quote by her. I like that. Um, I don't think people realize, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the majority of the people out there don't sin mortally all the time. And she reminds us venial sin is just an offense against God like all sin is. And we do offend God by venial sin. A lot of us do because most of us don't live in habitual mortal sin. And we've got to realize that during Lent that we need to conquer that aspect of ourselves. So what we, I think what we need to do during this six weeks of Lent in order to get ourselves closer to God is to evaluate where do we fall frequently? What venial sin pulls us, you know, in a direction that's not the direction that God wants us to go. And we have Sister Lucia as an example for us how to draw that out of us. Yeah, and I'm sure Sister Lucia was certainly not in mortal sin during her life, but she too yeah. recognized 
through her prayer and union with God, many defects of character that she had to overcome. And they're defects that all of us have ourselves, you know, wanting to be recognized, wanting our ideas to be um, upheld. Um, you know, she, she had a huge list. It was really interesting. A lot of people have asked us for that list and I'll put it up on, on the blog with this show. So people can read that. It's a good one to look at when you're doing an examination of conscience. Oh yeah. And, and we, we often forget that the venial sins are what just pick away at our holiness and our ability to reach God. And I always say, Katie, <laughs> this is my joke for the day. I want to be the patron saint of frustrated souls because I struggle <laughs> often with frustration and falling into discouragement with that. And so I told the Lord, you're just not going to remove this from me because I am a type A personality, but like St. Paul, I have to listen to God. And he says, my grace is sufficient. That's one thing we can all remember when we're battling our sins and we fail over and over again, sometimes right after going to confession, that God's grace is sufficient for us and our failures and our repetitive sins keep us in a state of humility before our Lord and help remind us that's why he went to the cross on Good Friday. We needed a savior and he offered it all to the Lord. So what are some ways we can take that into our hearts during this Lent? You know, one of the things is I think frequent confession. You know, maybe instead of going once in a while, try and go once a week. But she does call, she does tell us, Sister Lucius does tell us that during Lent, we need to forgive others as we've been forgiven. Mm-hmm. So who who do you got hanging around in your life that you have trouble forgiving? Think about it. Yeah, because these things, they harbor, these causes us to harbor resentment and ill will, dislike and um, a, a desire to offend, avenge any offense. We see that a lot in our world today. <clears throat> Everybody is offended, but nobody wants to forgive. We see that in our society at large and we see it in ourselves. And so Lucia says our forgiveness must be generous, complete, and self-sacrificing in a sense of overcoming ourselves. It will be necessary to grasp the reins of our own temper and keep a lid on the heat of our wounded self-love, which, whether rightly or wrongly, feels bruised and irritated. I like something she also said in, um, in her writings that sometimes the greatest wounds we have are offenses that we that hurt us, but they're from people who had no intention of hurting us. And that happens frequently in our day. Somebody might offend us in a way that they didn't even realize they did it. Yeah. And we must reach out and do that forgiveness. We all know in our life who it is we have trouble with and who we, somebody who's hurt us, somebody we haven't talked to. You know, I have a good friend whose daughter stopped talking to her like 10 years ago. She didn't even know why she stopped talking to her, but obviously her daughter is holding some kind of grudge against her. And you, it's in your families. You've got siblings that don't talk to each other, aunts and nieces, uncles, whatever, cousins. And maybe you had a good friend at one time and you had a disagreement. But this forgiveness, it, it extends across to everybody because you won't be forgiven if you don't forgive. And this is this is the one of the things that she tells us that uh, sister at least sister Lucia tells us how important this forgiveness is, and I'm sure the children experienced it, you know, with the people that came after them, you know, caused them problems. I think sister Lucia probably endured it more than anybody else because the two died so young, 
you know, if we read in Pathways Under the Gaze of Mary, I can't recommend that book enough. And so I think once we get to that point of, hey, we've forgiven or we're forgiving people who have injured us. And, you know, you know, what's funny about that, Barb. Sometimes not really funny, but sometimes you have an anger against somebody. And if you go and talk it over with them, you're going to find out they don't even know what you're mad about. Well, this, yeah. Yes, this is an interesting thing. Um, I had done for many years, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the 30-day masses. You can say 30 days in a row of masses for people. Yeah, the Gregorian masses. So I did that for somebody who I was struggling with. I didn't even realize, I didn't realize, I, I couldn't even figure out why I was angry at this person. And I did 30 days of masses and it took me six months to get them done. So that was a hard one. But after I was done, all my anger toward this person just left me. It just was gone. And this person later told me that I was the person she always felt closest to when we were growing up in a small town where I came from. And that was interesting to me that she was feeling like I was the one she she felt closest to. And I was harboring this anger that I didn't know where it was coming from. I have a suspicion where it was coming from. But after struggling so hard to get those 30 days of masses in for her, it just left me. And I, it never, it has never come back. We've been very close ever since then. So sometimes the person doesn't even know that you're harboring something against them. No, they don't because they're going on their way and they didn't even know they did anything to offend you. And I thought, isn't it interesting with God, how he turns things around with us. We think that I was thinking, oh, I'm being so heroic and doing these 30 days of masses for this person. And in the end, it was a lesson that I was supposed to learn. And it was for me that I was released of this anger. I also uh, know that a lot of people, you know, there's probably somebody in your life that maybe has deeply offended you in a way that almost seems unforgivable. And to remind us that to forgive someone is to not will... um, vengeance on them to not you're still you you don't want you're you're letting go of wanting to see justice because you'll leave that up to god so even if you forgive someone but decide you have to set a boundary and not have that person in your life but you can still forgive them and not will you know ill will towards them because of the offense yeah so i mean during this you know like i said ash wednesday we're jumping into lent you know, whether ready or not. And I like the points Sister Lucia gives us on how are we going to drive this lead? Where are we going to go with it? We're going to repent of habitual sin. We're going to forgive others. But I think another important point she makes is to seek intimate communion with God. You know, and the angel of peace is the one who pulled that children. Pray, pray very much. You know, watch and pray that you're not put into temptation. So, I think she reminds us that we need to start moving closer union with God. I mean, where are you at with God in prayer, in your life? Uh, maybe, you, oh, we all need to get closer. We all need a more intimate union of life with God in prayer. That's a quote from Sister Lucia. So maybe this is something we do every day. We wake up in the morning and we try to establish that intimate communion with him and I've I've stressed this on the show uh, we do today for Radio Maria, Barb, uh, Beyond Fatima, but you you cannot have, you you need to have that prayer in your life every day. You need to be reaching out 
to God in a way you got, and we you can only do this through our daily duty. You know, when we make that uh, every morning we get up and we give our day to Jesus through Mary, you know, when we make do that, then what we're doing is we're getting a closer union with God because then we're making the whole day belonging to God. And, you know, prayer and disciplining yourself, this is another form of self-denial and self-discipline to make that time for God in your life. Uh, it's so easy to set them aside because the busyness of the day takes over. I know for myself, if I don't get up in the morning and spend that time in prayer, I might not get to it again until evening. And yeah. so I, it's a discipline to say, I'm going to wake up a little earlier. I'm going to go seclude myself in the home, or I'm going to go down to the church. I'm going to go do an adoration hour get to mass, just some way in which we can start our day with God. And Lent is a good time <clears throat> to be trying to discipline ourselves and get these things in spiritual order, get our spiritual lives in order. And Lucia reminds us that, you know, she told us the most essential message at Fatima was to offer up our daily duty, our vocation, whatever it is that's going to come about our day. Because Mary asked the children on May 13th, are you willing to offer yourselves to God and bear with patience all the sufferings that he wills to send you? So our sufferings are the will of God because he's trying to purify something in, in us. He's trying to strengthen us. He wants us to have strong spiritual muscles so that we can plow through this life and always be able to turn back to him. And so to, you know, every our everyday tasks, whether we're going to work, we're cooking dinner, we're frustrated with the dog. I have two dogs and they frustrate me. So that's part of my, <laughs> I need to be the patron saint of frustrated souls. <laughs> oh, you probably will be. I'll make sure if you dive before me. <laughs> I don't think there is a patron saint out there for the frustrated. Souls. I don't think there is. Barb. <laughs> so these are things that I, you know, to remind yourself to offer them up to the Lord, just stop and say, Lord, I'm frustrated. Lord, I'm impatient. Lord, I'm angry. Lord, I don't want to do this right now. I have something else on my mind, but to offer it to him, as an act of love. And that makes your whole day prayer. And it constantly seeks this communion with God. Your soul is always raising everything to him, giving it all to him. Yeah. Are you familiar with uh, the, the uh, quote or the, the letter that sister Lucia sent to her nephew, a Salation priest on prayer. I think it was in the seventies. We should do a podcast just on that one. It's long enough where we could make the points on the importance of prayer. Uh, yeah. I've talked about it in talks when I talk uh, when I talk to groups and stuff. So we're going to have because I just remembered that one, and it's 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 fantastic. It's like a classic on what why prayer is so important, and so we I just thought there. But during Lent, she gives us like five points, you know, that we can do in order to make our Lent and to help and grow in our relationship with God. And I thought, you know, I thought those were pretty good five points. I'm not sure if she made them or if you pulled them out from some of the writings that you read on her. But we must sacrifice and practice self-denial for the sake of sinners. So Lent is not only saving our soul, but it's saving souls. And I always like to add for poor sinners who have no one to pray for them. Mm -hmm. Think of the souls you can save. And she sort of said there's five ways of self-denial that we can do to take up our cross every day. And being generous. So the first one is make time for prayer with faith and attention. So we've already talked about that. But she says, avoid distractions, pray respectfully, and remember who we are speaking to. 
We're speaking to God, you know, and it's your prayer should be humble in a spirit of self-sacrifice. And definitely the rosary should be a part of that. I remember uh, one Lent, this was a few years ago. Uh, I didn't make the family do it, but, but I gave up TV for Lent. Mm-hmm. So whenever somebody was in the living room watching TV, I had to get myself up and go to another room and do something else. First week was rough. By the second week and by the third week, I'm like, wow, how could I have ever thought I needed any kind of TV in my life? You know, not watching TV. I still got the news, you know, reading other ways. Mm-hmm. So you can't say I have to have TV for the news. Yeah. So maybe you won't give up TV, but turn it off. Yeah. You know, or, or stuff like that. But if you make time for prayer, you take something away. And what are you taking away? Maybe the radio, maybe your TV, all these ways that you can make a slot a time for prayer. And maybe, just maybe, this can be a time when you can start the family rosary in your family. You know, the other thing she reminds us of is to pray with confidence and love. You know, St. Francisco reminds me of that. He went so confidently before the Lord in the tabernacle. And he would bring the petitions that everybody was coming at him with. And he would often come back from his time before the tabernacle and his prayer. And he would tell Lucia, tell this person their prayer is going to be answered. And it would be. So he had such a union with the Lord that in his confidence was so great that he just brought everything to the foot of the cross. He just left it at the foot of the cross and he let Jesus handle it. And that's something we also need to remember in our prayer. Oftentimes, we need to abandon ourselves to him and just tell him, Lord, I can't, I can't handle this. I can't do anything about this, but you can and abandon it to him. And, you know, I always like to say, I need to get out of the way and quit orchestrating and let God orchestrate. When I start to try to orchestrate things around me, whether it's in my life or in my children's lives, it usually backfires. And so I've learned more and more to just surrender myself to God and knowing that he has the answers and he will answer the prayer in his due time. And so to abandon ourselves and with trust and confidence that God is going to answer these prayers. Um, but if we're in union with him and giving everything over to him, that's what he wants. He wants us to treat him like a good friend that you're going to call on the phone. You know, you're going to give him time every day, making room for him, letting him know he's important. You know, you can't say you love someone if you don't ever want to spend any time with him. With them, oh, yeah. Before we jump to the second point, I just you get you sent this to me last couple of weeks ago, and I think it's something we should share with people. It's a trust prayer from the Association of Marian Helpers. Remember, you sent yeah. that to me, and I think this really states when you said to trust it. You know, I'll read it real quick. Yeah, trust me. Do you believe that I am the Son of God, and do you believe that I died for all men and women, that I rose from the dead? Then why do you continue to be distracted and anxious about your loved ones? Do they not also belong to me? Would I refuse to work in their lives just as I work in yours? I have not put you in charge of redeeming them. I've already done that. Nor do you have the power to change their hearts. Only my Holy Spirit searches and knows the depths of hearts of men and women. Only he can open their deepest wounds. Your task, and I love this part of it, is to love, to forgive, to pray for them, turn them over to me, come closer to me yourself, and I will do the rest. Trust me. You sent this to me, Barbara. I've been praying it every day. I absolutely love it. And this is sort of your Lenten thing, that last part of the prayer. 
love, forgive, and pray and trust. So I yeah, that's a wonderful prayer for parents because many of us are praying for children or relatives, friends to come back to the church, or they might be on the wrong path. So I love when he says, I have not put you in charge of redeeming them. And I used to say that in my holy hours to the Lord, I'd say, you know, I'm here to pray, but I know you're the one who saves. So, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. a form of release. And also um, a good friend of mine reminded me to not project into the future too much about what might happen, but to stay in the grace of the moment, the grace of the moment. So in the moment you're praying to God, you're bringing that petition to him. He's outside of time. He's taking all of your prayers and he knows your heart knows your love and we have to remember he loves our loved ones more than we do this prayer is an it's an author who's unknown you can get it from the association of marian helpers it's called trust me so you could call uh at uh 800-804-3823 i believe that's where you might call to get the, a copy of this prayer or visit them at shopmercy.org it's a wonderful prayer for any parents out there spending a lot of time in prayer for your children to read this every day and, and abandon them to the Lord. Yeah. Now the other couple of points, Barb, I want to point out that sister Lucia said we should do of her five point of self-denial. Two of them tie together. It's self-denial and matter of food, but not starving yourself. I love that. Mm-hmm. I think I, I've told you St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta said her nuns need to be sleep eight hours a day and have three meals a day in order to function. So when you do self-denial for food, it's going to be things like something you like that it's not necessary for you, like a drink, fruit, dessert, and also to make sacrifice in a matter of clothing, you know, where you put up a little if you're cold or hot without Mm -hmm. complaining, dress modestly. Those two seem to tie together. I think there are a lot of people out there, you know, they're cold, they complain, they're hot, they complain. Unless it's really, really bad and you're very, very sick, sometimes offering that up is is a big sacrifice. And I know the children offered that up, the heat Mm -hmm. of the summer. Yes. Oh, I know they did. It would be very, very hot. And little Jacinta suffered greatly from the heat. And they would just deny themselves water. Even if you say, well, I'm going to just pass on quenching my thirst for 15 more minutes and offer up that thirst to the Lord. You know, we don't have to make ourselves miserable or give ourselves a migraine headache. So by the time the family's back together in the evening, you're so frustrated and angry that you can't function because you haven't eaten all day. And so to, you know, Lucia said, you know, choose a fruit over a dessert or a drink that you don't particularly like. I know that Jacinta hated milk. Yeah. When she was so sick, her mother would bring her milk. And as much as it repulsed her to drink it, she would drink it only to please her mother. And she'd offer that as a sacrifice. I'll tell you, St. Therese, the little flower, I can identify with her. Green beans. She said, (laughs) if they put one in front of her, it took everything within her to eat that green bean and not throw up. And I have that aversion to them. And so I, I'd shudder. I, I would shudder if I had somebody put green, at least one in front of me and said you had to eat it. So there there are little ways you can do that, you know, offering up those sacrifices, like her drinking milk. You think to yourself, she, what child does not like milk? But obviously she didn't. She might have been lactose intolerant for all we knew, and they didn't know about that back then. Yeah. So when you move on to matters of clothing, one thing you've got to remember, Barb, and it's very important that... If you dress immodestly, you are responsible in some way for the sins that you cause others to commit because of the way you dress. Mm-hmm. And that's, 
immodest dress today is 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 unbelievable. It is it is so bad that people don't even realize they're dressing immodestly. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there's it's like there was never a culture to teach them how to dress modestly, how to uh, how to act modestly, talk modestly. You know, it's way some of the younger people come dressed to church, especially in the summertime when I'd be out in Phoenix visiting my family. You won't believe how they came into an air-conditioned church. It's not like they had to sit in a hot church with no air conditioning. We're talking mm-hmm. shorts, sometimes swimsuits, just with a little top on. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I don't understand that yeah. uh, kind of mentality. I know our pastor, God rest his soul, the one who was with the parish for so many years would get up there and talk about it. And he'd, he'd say just point blank, you know, I'm a priest, but I'm also a man. Don't come to church and tempt me when I'm saying divine liturgy. You know, I like that. You mm-hmm. got up there and read them the act, but you don't see that going on today. Well, we don't dress like that when we go to someone's wedding. Nope. And we're, we're coming to the wedding banquet of the, the bridegroom, the bridegroom and the bride, the church. And, and so to think of it as you're going to, to the wedding banquet, the feast with the Eucharist and, you know, to come prepared for our Lord. That's another form of self-denial and self-discipline. All these ways are the ways that we discipline our soul. So that's disposed to God's grace and mercy and that our minds and our hearts are always in union with him when we're thinking about these things. And so Lent doesn't have to be about, I, you know, what are you giving up for Lent? I think we all grew up with that question. What are you giving up for Lent? Yep. And I would probably make it three days. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a way that I can handle Lent. I have to look at Lent as a way, what are the ways in which I need to discipline my soul, you know, pray against a repetitive sin or defective character that I'm dealing with. Um, the, the, the discipline for me always involves making that time for, for prayer with God. And that's important. One other thing, again, Sister Lucia tells us is cheerfully enduring without complaint, little annoyances we encounter. And I got to admit the other day, my husband said or did something and I reacted to it. And then he looked at me and he says, I really didn't mean it that way. Yeah. So, I mean, you can get an unpleasant word, a smile that says, Hey, 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 a look of disdain. They contradict you. Sometimes we have to remember, and this is where the saints philosophy came in is that they were nothing, so whatever they got, they deserved. Their sins were great, and they that's why they didn't react to stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think it was St. Francis uh, de Sales, if I'm not mistaken, uh, when someone met him years later. Oh, no, no, not he. It wasn't St. Francis de Sales. Um, I can't remember the saint. He was very irascible in his youth, and when they met him 30, 40 years later, they were like, they couldn't believe it was the same man. How, yeah. how gentle and compassionate he was, but that that isn't something he overcame overnight. It mm-hmm. took years and years of working to make yourself not be so bite, you know, get to upset and get, jab at people and take everything they say personally and be uh, really irascible. And um, if I think of his name before the show's finished, I'll tell you. I thought it was Saint Francis de Sales, but it isn't. It was a different saint. So. But that, that is something we don't want to be known as, somebody who is difficult to be around, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't know if you're going to upset them. And so, of course, Frant would, Lent would call us also to greater forms of abstinence and fasting and, of course, recognizing those days of fast as we prepare for Easter. But making 
getting in the habit of making little sacrifices throughout the day enriches us with grace and strengthens us in our faith and charity and just frees us from the temptation to egoism and narcissism and pride, covetousness, all these things that can um, pick away at our character. And so to pick one thing you want to overcome during Lent and work on that, hopefully by the end of Lent, you'll realize that you've made some great strides because of God's grace and your efforts to persevere in that. I also want to remind people, whenever you're making a sacrifice, the Blessed Mother taught the three children this simple little prayer to say, whenever you're making a sacrifice to God, and Lucia and the children, Jacinta and Francisco said this over and over again, Oh Jesus, it is for love of you, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. I know that Jacinta, whenever they would make a sacrifice, she would say, did you tell Jesus it is for love of him? She always wanted to make sure that any sacrifice they made was for love of God. And so remember this little prayer, oh Jesus, it is for love of you, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. If that becomes a, a, a habit of yours to say that prayer, you will have achieved what they call the spirit of recollection, where throughout the day, your mind is on God and you're rec- every time you're, you're recollecting him throughout the day. And then that helps you grow in holiness and helps you stay in that union with God. Anything else you want to add, Katie? We're coming to the end of our podcast. Yeah, I I think we pretty much covered everything, you know, in terms of how to get this started. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And how to, how to make sure Lent is, is good for you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it shouldn't be a, a, a dreary time. It should be a time of, of, um, expectation for us, but also to really delve into looking at ourselves and how we can change. And so I hope your Lenten journey draws you closer to God for the sake of his kingdom and for all those souls, especially those who have no one to pray for them and make sacrifices for them. We have no idea what our sacrifices and prayers can do to help those souls who have no one to pray for them. So think of them and pray to the Blessed Mother to ask her for the graces and may you have a pleasant and spiritually rich Lent. Thank you. Mm -hmm.